Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Welcome to the shoot show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl, and tonight I have two members of my firefighter family. I have Ash. Hey there. And I have Scott. Hey. And everyone else is taking a break. It's been a busy week. So uh, where's that clip from, Carl? <laughs> that was, that was uh, <laughs> Mr. Timeless Todd there. Uh, bringing us in. <laughs> I think uh, Thomas Todd might have had a tough uh, call the other night, and <laughs> he sent me that clip. <laughs> we had to open with it. It was a beautiful. Uh, that might have to be our opening every show. I think now, it might though. be. Oh man, might, we might need to get an extension on that. People got songs and like wicked things written out. All we can do is just welcome to the shit show. We can put that to music. That'd be pretty good. I think. Mm. I think we can do that. Tune in next week. Um, yeah, that'd be good. Um, Ash, what you got for me for the shout-outs? Shout-out. So uh, we'll start off with Chief Miller, because we always start out with Chief Miller. Uh, check him out. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Gmail. I have no idea. The guy's Probably. everywhere. Yeah. Right? Um, the big news for all you guys right now, we've been talking about uh, Modus, how they had some new product coming out. Uh, so what they had come out was a new forcible entry wedge, which we talked about uh, the previous week there. Uh, we did grab a couple photos. We shot a quick video. We're going to be rolling a lot of that out. What they've done for us and for you guys is come up with a 5% <coughs> discount code. So if you go on their website and place an order, the discount code is DTFF5. And uh, I think you put that in checkout and you get yourself uh, 5% off for all of your modus needs. So uh, they got their snagger tool on there. They got the new wedge uh, and a couple other things that they're selling on there. They also have a new product in the making right now, which we also can't speak of. But uh, it's still in the R&D phase. But uh, we've, we've been talk talking to them Um sounds like when they get it a little bit closer I've, I've seen some photos i shared here with the boys um they're uh, coming up with something really neat so this is going to be the first piece of equipment that is uh would be like fire hall related or fire truck it would go with the truck where everything else has been firefighter related so really exciting news for those guys so uh keep watching for that hopefully we can get uh, <coughs> our hands on it once it's a little bit closer to shipping uh, and get a bit of a review going with that. It sounds like they're right on board to be shipping us one once it's ready to go. Um, and then uh, RZ Masks, we're, we're, we're still in the talks with them. It's uh, um, They're a busy company and everything, that's great, but uh, we're getting you guys a discount code for them as well because they've, they've been gracious enough to offer that out. So we're uh, just looking to get that set up, hopefully uh, get you a good deal on that. So yeah. Wicked, wicked awesome, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's got oh, hey, yeah, before I talk about we start talking about the local news, 
um, or local ish news. Um, there was something on, uh, speaking of Chief Miller, there was a, uh, from North Riverside Fire, um, they went to a hoarder house. I don't know if you guys saw that. The, and it was full of mannequins. Did you see that? <laughs> oh, man, it was full <laughs> of terrifying. But they said they, like, they can only make, like, a few feet at a time. And then, like, this is all outside the house. Mm. It's crazy. Like, yeah. Jeez. If you can find it on, well, maybe we'll post it for this. Like, That's <laughs> horrific. Can you imagine? Oh, I found a body. No, no, it's not a body. Yeah, you oh, imagine? Yeah, another body. No, no, still a mannequin. <laughs> Wasn't that a scene in Backdraft? Yeah, but he's Oh, it totally was, yeah. Yeah, it was. Totally was. Yeah, pull the mannequin out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not like I get back to play love, but. Draft <laughs> <laughs> two by draft here. Um, all the back drafts. On the way. <laughs> the front draft. <laughs> uh, the uh, pre book tickets for. <laughs> That's the new one. But I think in local news, Ash might have some more stuff. Yeah, local, Ash- more Glish news. Local Ish news, eh? Yeah, so. Uh, it's uh, heating up out west here. We're uh, um, the western part of uh, Canada, which I think we've, uh, I'm sure you all have figured out by, by now. Uh, some of our American friends down, down south thought we were a little more central or eastern, but uh, we are uh, the west uh, the, the west side, if you will. Uh, and uh, things are, <laughs> that couldn't Here's be that couldn't be any more white. <laughs> um, things are heating up, getting like we were 30, 32 degrees the other yeah. day. So I don't know what that is in American on that, on that day. On, that, on, that <laughs> on the day of, is it American? I think it's Fahrenheit. Oh well, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's like their their money too, like our <laughs> shitty and. Their numbers are always higher. Are higher, yeah. Yeah. So, so is it a hundred? No. Thirty-two? No, I think. No, that's, oh yeah, no, yeah. Forty's a hundred. Yeah, I think it's yeah, so like, it's 80, like whatever. Maybe ninety degrees. Yeah. yeah, ninety. So yeah. that's still pretty hot for uh, the start yeah. start of May. So grass fire season is upon us. Grass fire, bush, wild wildfire season. So uh, there, there's been a couple uh, that have popped up in BC, uh, and one it looks like has grown. I saw something on on their website that's up over 80 uh, hectares already so and it's only like 20 less than 20k from us <clears throat> not one fire that yeah one. several others that are mm-hmm. some other bigger ones up north but yeah for sure so uh it's about to happen for sure it's uh tinder dry out there we were up at a family cabin which is pretty high in elevation over the weekend and it was super dry already so they already got the pumps ready to go, just in case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's the most interesting time of the year. That's right. Yeah. It looked like. <clears throat> yeah. It. It looked like a fairly big one from where we are to see. But. Well, yeah. Even today, we were. I was driving for work, and I was with a, with someone. The other guy that was with me, and we look over, and I could see the airbase, the local airbase here that has all the water bombers. Oh, the water bombers are here already. Oh, that's good. That's good. They're out. And the next thing I'm like, we're coming, we're coming back. <laughs> and we're like, oh, there they go. <laughs> and there's a fire. <laughs> so yeah, I see the bird dog and then and the bombers. So they're already putting yeah. some work in. That's right. Yeah, that time of year for us all, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure everyone stays safe and make sure you're wearing socks. <laughs> right. Pocket Always with the socks. <laughs> and the pocket work. I actually started water. boot water. Boot, boot water. water. Yeah. Uh, 
So I always remember now, as soon as I go to put my boot in, my foot, oh. so as soon as I put my foot in, I'm like, oh, I got water. I'm trying to drink that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. smart. Yeah, I'd see it. Boot water. Okay. But then I realize it's kind of in the way, because if I forget. Mm-hmm. So then, I get this. Now it's crotch water. So now it sits in the crotch of my pants. Not, not, oh. not while I'm driving in the car. Crotch water. <laughs> but you know, when you, you, know, you have your pants sitting there, you have your pants sitting there mm-hmm. over your boots. Sitting right there. Damn. <laughs> so you see it as soon as you get in. Pre plan. <laughs> Pre plan. Pre plan that crotch war. So we had um, we had a department, a neighboring department down with us this week. Um, this weekend, last Saturday, 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 mm-hmm. Saturday, and um, we were training them on uh, live fire and interior attack and some breaching stuff. Forceful entry. Forceful entry. Yeah. What else did we do? That was basically it, right? Yeah, it was basic. Um, they had uh, they had contacted us a little while ago because uh, we have a well, as we said we have a fairly large training ground mm-hmm. training facility and um, I guess with us we're. Uh, we're pretty much free. Okay. Yeah. We we don't really. I mean, we're not. We're an in-house training place, so we don't. We don't give our certificates out. Or we don't have a. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have a university or any. You know, there's no stamps. We don't give certificates with stamps. I guess mm-hmm. we could, but it would be a meaningless stamp. <laughs> we could um, give participation ribbons. Yeah, we could. <laughs> you Everyone came and tried. But what we <laughs> do provide is we give free. Uh, we give any department around that wants to come and train. Basically, free access to our burn building and our training grounds. Because we're nice like that. We're nice like that, and and also like, I mean, you know, Saturday we had we had Brett, one of our our um, our rookies. Great oh, job. Yeah, yeah, and you know he, he had asked because I had brought it up on uh, practice night. I said anyone wants to come out. Um, and Brett contacted me. He was a little bit. He was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I can come. I said, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I kind of feel like I should have I should have mentioned it to the other rookies because maybe they didn't know but I, I just, mm-hmm. just you know I kind of assumed which I probably shouldn't have that they would also understand that when I when I say anybody can come they, they can come anybody can so come. I mean yeah. you know I'm, I'm assuming in the future they'll come out too mm-hmm. but it's not only good for us because it's uh, no sorry not only good for the, the other department that comes but it's good for us because we um, first of all we get extra training time mm-hmm. um, anytime you can go into a burning anything Yep. is awesome um and it's good x time for some of the people that are coming up as instructors like yourself girl mm-hmm. okay i don't think you knew you're an instructor but <laughs> I, uh, I just go to girl girl you take the next one i'm tired <laughs> you teach it <laughs> it was it was hot man like of course we got the burn building up to like hundreds of degrees <laughs> and then it's like 30 something outside this is really no respite. There was <laughs> nothing. Yeah. It was nothing. outside and be hot. Yeah, yeah it was like more. 32 cool. degrees, full bunker, and then you go inside mm-hmm. and it's like 107 degrees. Uh, I think it might be a little more than that, girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. what were we up to? Something stupid, anyway. Well, that was just, that was just in, the, that was in the warm room. That was just oh, in yeah, the warm yeah, room, yeah. right? Not like in the yeah. actual yeah. burn room. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was it was a warm day. It was, it was good, though. It was a lot of fun. Um, it's always great to recap some of those skills I mean we, we train them often enough anyway but it just being able to pass that knowledge on as well is always yeah. nice and having yeah. I find for me now it's a, there's again that better understanding because I was teaching it there's again that better understanding of how those steps go because when you start teaching or trying to teach somebody something mm-hmm. you 
you have to break it down and you have to understand the process to be able to teach it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the first few repetitions when you were going through it was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I, I would have probably forgotten that step. Great, fine, went in there. And not forgot the step, just maybe forgot to explain the step. Yeah. Right, like you know and you're confident in your skills to go in and do the job. But when you teach the job, it's to some people who these guys had, there was people that had live fire experience like Five, five years, years ago, ago. Yeah. and then the rest of them had none so like, you have to take it right to the basics and walk them through every step and by the end they were um they would breach a door enter uh do a small push inside uh some interior door control with pp right positive pressure yeah uh positive pressure attack so yeah they were running a fan uh i mean this was all built in a day's practice and by by the end of it they were i mean I, I feel like they could put that right into play if they had a structure pair. Yeah. So. At least parts of it, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, like anything else we do um, in our department, we try to layer because I find that the best for training wise. We, you know, whether we're doing the rookies or we're doing this sort of stuff, um, we start right from right from the beginning. Um, we put them in a, a cold start. So they we just brought them into the, we brought them in, the bigger, in our bigger burn building. Because um, it, it tends to not get as hot. I mean, it, even though we burn the paint off the side of it. It's yeah, like, but it, it's like overall. You really did, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, it's hot. Yeah, absolutely. Like, overall, the building, because um, it's a bigger building, it doesn't hold. It doesn't get as hot mm -hmm. as the other one. So, um, I, I mean, I always start them off in that, and it's, I mean that this building's also designed for the cold start because it's got the, it's got the higher, um, it's got that stagger. Yeah. Of, right. Um, I got a video of you, I think, discussing that little piece. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe we'll post a video, even if it's just a video of, of what the interior of the burn building looks like when it's going. Because yeah. you said you had some video of that. I do, showing the thermal level and stuff really as well. Cool. Some of the yeah, audio might be off, but just because of the noise. Um, mm -hmm. But we, you know, I brought him in for cold start. We discussed um, some of the fire dynamics, um, some of the stages of the fire. Then um, got it, you know, got it nice and hot, got some rollover action going on over their heads. And, you know, like I said to them, you know, the biggest prior, the biggest thing here is that inoculation. Is getting inoculated to see and fire, roll over your head, trusting your gear. Because I do the same thing for everybody when yeah. we do the cold start. You know, I get everybody, we, we start off, we watch the pallet stack start going up, watch it start to roll. I usually get them, even before it starts getting really warm, I get them to all stand up, take their glove off, reach for the ceiling, and then they'll know, they'll see them like, so... Put your hand in the in the smoke layer. That's different than the thermal layer. So they put their hand in the smoke. There's really not a lot of heat. And as they go up a little higher, they can almost touch the ceiling before their fingertips just start to get toasty. And then we usually wait a couple minutes later. Same thing. Now, oh, now my I can't put my hand in the ceiling anymore. Mm -hmm. A couple minutes later, okay, now I can barely stand up and put my hand up at all. And then by the end, it's like, okay, I'm kneeling on the ground, put my hand over my helmet and with my glove off, and it's like it's scorching hot. But, and I also ever get everybody touch, you know, touch your helmet, feel how hot your helmet got, touch your gear, feel how hot your gear is, because um, it gives them that understanding of, of how good your gear is, mm -hmm. and uh, just being able to react now, like, just to see that fire and be like, oh, yeah, I, I can handle this. Yeah, yeah the, uh, <clears throat> the inoculation stuff is by far one of those really massive puzzle pieces, and this is why we did the burn, burn building episode, like, everybody needs one. And mm -hmm. it's not a massive, it's not a massive stretch to get one, um, and and it can be done. 
but it is that massive key piece that really allows you to learn the skill that you need. Like anybody can learn how to breach a door, anybody can learn how to go inside with a hose, but if you're not used to the temperatures that you're going to deal with in there, not to mention the pitch black and dealing with that side of things, yeah. but the, the actual heat levels when they're at, what they're at, and this is in a burn building environment, they're going to get hotter when you're starting to burn, burn all those mm-hmm. plastics and stuff that are actually in a lot of these buildings. Yeah, and the smoke's going to be a lot darker and different. And I, and I always explain that to them. It's going to be a, a different type of fire. This is a training fire. But like I think we said a couple weeks ago, it's like when the police train, they don't train with live ammo and shoot at each other. They train with simulation rounds and they shoot mm-hmm. like basically paintballs at each other um, because you don't need to learn how to get shot. But it still adds a sting. And that's what the burn building adds. It adds a sting to your... Mm-hmm. As a little bit of sting when you when you put your hand up or when you when you actually leave your head in there thermal air too long, the sting of the ow my ear like even like later on in the day when we were loading the, the small burn building uh, JP and I had to go in to uh, reload it with some pallets so when we went in uh, yeah I burnt my ears a little bit because uh, you know I was smoking hot in there and then yep. you know, like, let's throw a few more pallets in <laughs> so we went we went through the door and. It was already starting to roll when I threw the pallets, and I'm like, oh, this is getting warm. <laughs> JP comes out, part of his helmet fell off because it got so warm. <laughs> and maybe, it was, maybe that was the other part of your ear. <laughs> we didn't want to tell you, but <laughs> just singed up. It was a solid day, though. Like, we got yeah. a lot in. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking as well, we, we did uh, hydraulic ventilation on that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, yeah, after we did the, what, the cold start, um, we brought everybody back out, uh, some water, um, knocked out that fire, and then um, we lit another fire that was close to one of the windows that we have in our burn building, and did some uh, mm-hmm. positive pressure attack using the fan. And you know, there's a lot of skills in that. Just that thing alone. Yeah. That could have been. That's like a two-day program oh, yeah, right there. It is. Just on, because uh, I mean, I could have spent hours on just how to move a hose properly. Because you know, we we kind of follow the um, um, nozzle forward method. Absolutely. Um, we we you know we. I would really like we. I haven't even been to one of Aaron Fields' courses, but I feel like I, I, I have I, a lot of his information. But I want. I really want. I'd to love learn. to get Aaron on. I really would. He's one of those guys that just. And he looks like it looks like he's a like a jujitsu or something guy. Well. Yeah, just the way he moves. Jiu- that, oh, he is a jujitsu guy. He is yeah, a jujitsu sure, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can see it. Like just in the way that he's holding and pinching with his leg, and he's got yeah, kind of the windshield yeah. wiper going on when he's switching. Like yeah. you can see it. So like a lot of our hose movements are that way, and the way we hold hold our hose now, and because a lot of it makes sense. Like you know. You, Especially, you know, the spacing now makes sense. Not bundling, like, not keeping two guys, like, nuts to butts. <laughs> As we say. Um, because that, you know, when you're when you're that close to each other, that's, you know, that is what a lot of the manuals say. Be that close to each other. There's no reason for it. And we explain that once again. As so you let's, let's have a quick conversation about that. So let's almost run through some of the some of the content. So originally we started off with the cold start. And we mm-hmm. had them in there and we went through and, and we ran that portion. Then we brought them out, and then we discussed initially. We discussed the um, the, the hose movement tactic. Yeah. Right. So what what do we do for that? Well, there's. I mean, there's. I didn't get I didn't get into the weeds too much with them on on actual methods of movement, but you know, I said you know one of the good methods of moving in the hallway is that 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 seat that that clamp with a slide. Um, I believe that's what the, that's. I think that's what Aaron calls it. Um, Everyone, anyone that knows what I'm talking about, you probably can picture it. Yeah. Um, basically, you put we'll one, knee, yeah, put one knee down, and you're uh, you're kind of hugging the. It's almost yeah, you're kind of hugging the hose, and you're kicking mm-hmm. your knee out to get the slide going. It's really good for going down hallways and stuff. Um, I find it, it's a little difficult negotiating furniture, but then that's easy enough. Just go back to a regular old hose pole, whether it's over the shoulder mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but one thing we talked, we really touched on with them is uh, is the different positions. 
of the attack team. So we talked about the kind of the four positions, four or five positions. Um, we have the the nozzle person, and you know I we really stripped down that the duties of that nozzle person in our department, and I really find that's gotten way better. We we stripped it right down. We the nozzle operator runs a nozzle. That's all they do. They don't worry about anything else because they have enough to worry about just doing that. Because they got to think about just the thermal layer, um, looking for victims, all that stuff. So they're running the nozzle. Um, and then what we then obviously the backup person, and this is what we we're just talking about. Where should the backup person go? Well, if you're reading some fire manuals, they should go again nuts to butts. Mm-hmm. But we kind of we were talking about that in pretty in depth out there the other day. Um, do we want your backup person right next to you? Because do you really need them to hold the hose for you? Because that's you know what I was taught. That's what it's for. But you know I'm I'm not that strong of a person and I can hold I'm not, I don't I don't go hit the gym every day but I can hold an inch and a half hose <laughs> full too <laughs> fully charged <laughs> and it's not that tiring <laughs> so these you know <laughs> um, we get the guys to go like eight feet back you know mm-hmm. six feet back until you get that loop in the line because if they're too close they're going to react to what they see they're going to pull you around, especially if they're more dominant. Like, they're going to pull that nozzle operator around. The back person is going to pull that nozzle operator around. And the other big thing is, if, if there's two people and you, fall, and you find a hole, well, two people just fell in a hole. If we can separate those guys and have that little bit of distance where we can still see them, even if we can't see them, even if it's smoky, we can still communicate with um, verbals and with, uh, and with um, like tactile. When the hose moves, um, you know it's moving, and, you know. But if, if the nozzle operator falls in a hole, well, the backup guy, he's he can come assist. He can call a mayday. He can get in there. Okay. Um, so that was a big thing we touched on. Because um, I think they were training that not close. to bats. They like were. Close, right? Yeah, you could see when when the conversation was occurring, just some of the faces of realization mm-hmm. of, oh, that makes yeah. total sense. Because mm-hmm. it's that idea of, you know, when, as we're moving, especially with the, the shuffle and the clamp, um, from the nozzle forward stuff, it, you, all your weight is on the back foot, right? And your mm. your left foot is sound in the floor, or whatever foot is your your mm. foot that's not clamping the hose. That foot is out in front of you, sound in the floor. All your weight is back. Nozzle's in the air. You know, the only time you're going like close is if you're doing the part where they're doing the nozzle forward stuff, where you're pack to pack, and the other guy's yeah, yeah. pushing you along. Doing that bulldozer. And that's kind of. normally, like, yeah, the bulldozer stuff normally only comes in when you're actually attacking the fire and trying to move and mm-hmm. spray at the same time. And you can do that with and an moving inch and a half. And a half. Like, yeah, if you're moving at two and a half. Moving at two and a half. Yeah, but for a single, you can you can do it on your own. Oh, you can absolutely. spray and move, no problem yeah. at all. But. Um, having that portion and going through and showing that is, is tough and so you could see mm. you know when it was just like well yeah, just kind of hook it over my that. yeah like I hook it over my shoulder and keep going it's like mm. well you know if the guy behind you and we were showing that distance thing as well where you clamp it to your waist you give yourself you know an arm's reach to the to the bail mm. and then you've got way more control than if you're trying to use like a pistol grip nozzle or something you know yeah. what I mean and it's really in tight and you're just getting tired trying to hold that and, and working it so that's uh, kind of the hot topic right now. Yeah. Uh, and it's been for a while. Is the pistol your, grips? Your pistol grip and your combination nozzles versus smoothbore and all that. So, um, I mean, we run pistol grip. We run combo nozzles. Uh, we do have smoothbore nozzles yeah. as well. For, the noisy cricket. For the, the noisy cricket. On the for, two and a half. For the big Walter there. Yeah, so. big war. 
So, I mean, we do run both, which is great. Um, but a pistol grip nozzle is great for dragon hose and mop up. I mean, that's the only time that we utilize the pistol grip <laughs> function, right? It doesn't harm it. That's why I'm like, I don't understand why people are so bent out of shape about it. Just don't use it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, if you're using it in the way we use it and we're holding it in the right way, you're clamping the hose to you and literally all you're doing is you're reaching out and you're grabbing the bail and turning mm -hmm. it on. And then right. you're using the rest of the hose to, to direct your, your stream. Yep. Not using that pistol grip. Yeah. Pistol grip is only for really for moving. I find exactly the same thing. Yeah, I mean it's got other. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can move it and stuff and uh, mm -hmm. hook it on ladders. But yeah, people, it's like people like really get angry. Hatred of it. It's, it's like, funny how people get like like one side of the fence was another side of the fence. Yeah. But mm -hmm. it, it happens in everything. Like I was listening to a podcast the other day on uh, the Mind of the Warrior, and he's talking about um, uh, he's a medical. Uh, um, it's like a special forces medic. And he's talking about tactical emergency casual care and he's going over the tourniquets. Talking about the approved tourniquets and the, that they've approved and then the non-approved tourniquets. And he says, you know, it's like, it's like people want to kill each other over these tourniquets. <laughs> it's like, it's literally a tourniquet, relax. But they get so like, like this is the only one, this one uh -huh. side, like they're just getting like so bogged down on that. But with the pistol grip, it's like, yeah, we have pistol grips. We don't, I know some departments rip them off because they don't want them and I get their point because you know when you have it on a lot of a lot of uh, people that aren't don't train on it right they they just right away they go to it and it, it, we noticed right away with that guy yeah with one of the members um, and he know he knew what he was doing wrong I did, like because I after we brought him out I, and I think Carl you told me to bring mm -hmm. it up because I didn't see them doing it you told me to bring it up and I did and he goes yeah he goes I totally was doing that because he was it, you know it starts to suck back and then mm -hmm. next thing is under your armpit you're holding on to it like that. And or like sucked into your like sucked into your chest under your armpit, you don't have any control. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> and it's hard at work. <laughs> yeah. But if you train on it right, you just you'd ignore you have the pistol grip, you work your nozzle. But when you need it for something else, you, it's still there. Right? Mm -hmm. so why would you get rid of it? Yeah. It's my, it's my a tool, right? It's got, yeah. It gives you good leverage for you know if you need to help pull as well. I find mm -hmm. like if you're kind of sat there and you know, your second guy is giving you the, you know pulling you going around a corner, it's yeah. great for that extra piece mm -hmm. of leverage or something else to hold on to to really get your shoulder in and kind of hold it and yeah. pull. Mm -hmm. But you know, why why not? Well, <laughs> and sometimes it. I use it. I like I'll use a pistol grip to to use the spray water. Um, but like I like I talked about, um, like one of the member one of those guys that was on the department is a, is a law enforcement member. And I, and I said to him, I said, it's, it's just like shooting a pistol. Like, you don't shoot your pistol from your chest. I mean, if you want inaccurate shots, <laughs> you can. But you want, you got to punch that pistol grip out. You punch that, punch that out. So that way it gives you your, your accuracy. But that also, that in a pistol grip nozzle, that's what gives you your, your strength there. When you punch it out, you use it properly. Just, unfortunately, I, you know, when you're shooting a pistol, it doesn't last. You don't do it for 10 minutes at a time. Yeah. <laughs> you shoot your pistol and you reload and then, you know, go a little ready and stuff. But it's like with a, with a hose, you might be sitting there for a while. And that's when people start dragging and it starts going back in. And next thing you know, it's tucked into your chest. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So we talked about the loop. Mm -hmm. And then right after we talked about the loop, we then went into what the rush. I think we went into, I think we went into the, uh, the, Fun. We did some door stuff as well. Yeah, we yeah. did. So we I did talk, door checks talk about door control and and the importance of that. And, and it was we, sorry, uh, it was nice to hear that these guys are implementing door control because mm -hmm. yeah. it's you know it's a thing now. It's, it's a new it's thing. Yeah, but it, yeah. we say new, but it, 
it, it's been around for ages, but it is becoming more. It's getting back in. It's, yeah, it's yeah, old like, as new again. Yeah, the ventilation yeah. and stuff is mm-hmm. it's old as new again. Yeah. The ventilation yeah. stuff is really coming back into play. Mm-hmm. So, just to quickly touch on the, the importance of the door guy. So, what what we went through with these guys and what what we definitely practice is the importance of that person at the door. So everybody's got a big job. The nozzle person puts out the fire. They are in charge of the nozzle. The backup guy has a, a big role. They got tools. They got a tick. They got, they're moving the hose. They have a lot of work to do. So, I mean, you want that to be like, I don't want to say the word quarterback because that, that guy just throws the ball. But like, they really, I don't, I, I don't know. He make the play. He makes the quarterback make the play. does, right? Yeah. He throws the Isn't ball, that right? our captain? Isn't that a captain? Right. That'd be our captain. Yeah. yeah we're we'll, talk about that well. we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But like, like that person's like doing the brunt of the work. Now, the person at the door, I don't want to like air quotes, all they're doing is feeding hose because that's not true. They're super, super important. They're keeping track of how many people are inside. They're keeping track of the distance that these people are going in, and they can do that by counting hose couplers. So they're, hey, they're 50 feet in. Maybe they're, I, this is about half of a hose is gone, and they're probably about 25 feet in. Uh, they, they can tell when they're spraying spraying water because they hold they hold that, that hose, and they can feel every time that they activate the hose line. Um, you know, and you can have a captain, uh, IC, uh, anybody come up and say, hey, how many guys do we have in there? Hey, what are they doing, right? I mean, we've all got radios, and there's comms going back, back and forth. But that person carries all of the information of what's gone in, what they're doing, how far, how much are they working. So that's really, really important. And then we got into the ventilation of it. And I think that's the first time that they've ever really dealt with that. Um, So what a lot of people are doing um, are using the fan for mop-up. They use it for positive pressure ventilation, not positive pressure attack. So we were showing them positive pressure attack. So uh, you get up, you got your your uh, your nozzle guys ready to go. Uh, crouch down, fog pattern for protection. Backup guy checks that door for heat. Uh, or, some, or the door guy can do it. Or the door guy can can, can do it for sure. Um, open the door if it's not excessively hot on the other side. Um, I mean, it's it's fine. There's just different ways to do things, but um, you'll open your door. Give it a moment. There's no fire, or it's not like rolling out at you, Kate. Okay, now we we wait. We have a fan positioned about a door length and a half back. So as as tall as your door is, if say the door fell back outside of the door frame, that and a half is kind of where you want your your fan placed, and you aim it at the building once the door's opened and once you've vented somewhere else in the building. So you want to be able to control that flow flow path of the fire. Um, so that's where a positive pressure attack really comes into play because now we can push and control that fire rather than, I mean, if you vent the roof, that's great. I mean, it's, it's going to go up. It definitely works, but there's a lot of chance for uh, injury to firefighter. Um, we we'll touch on that yeah we'll definitely touch touch on that for sure yeah so um so we've gone to this and it works really really well for us and so we were showing that to these guys so the biggest thing that we tried to get through to them is just giving it time and actually i'll i'll put up a video of them making the initial push in after applying the fan because you can actually see the guy on his hand counting one to yeah. Three, four, yeah, I think I was doing it with him. Yeah, right. Yeah. So he's he's given a bit of a count before he lets his his men go in because they uh, 
it's so hard. Everybody's got a job to do and they want to get in and do it. So the biggest thing is, so door open, ventilate, give it a sack, put the fan on, wait again. And then now what's our acronym we follow? Uh, WTF. WTF. Yeah. It's windows, then fan. So, yeah. uh, which, I, it actually could be VTF, but that's not as cool. <laughs> WTF, everybody remembers. That's so, uh, we, you take the, you take the vent, like, so you, you smash, you take the window out or you mm-hmm. open a back door or whatever, wherever you're going to vent that, that yeah. smoking hot gas. Mm-hmm. And then you, uh, and then you turn the fan on the, on the, yeah. your entry point. Yeah. Your port of entry. So, yeah. Um, what are you looking at me for? Okay. No, nothing. I was just, uh, just trying to find the question as well. From It was a guy called uh, Cody Franson, but we'll talk about that in a minute. He was just asking about uh, roof ventilates. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, after we talked about those kind of positions, you know, that that's basically covers four positions because there's, we have the, you know, we have the nozzle operator, the backup person, the door control. The fan person can also be the door control, depending on, mm-hmm. you know, the size of your response. Um, it is best to have someone designated as a fan person, but if you can pin it down, like if you can get it, you know, that fan fixed in yeah. spot and the door control can watch the fan obviously cause they're close enough. So they, if they see it start to shift off, off course, they can, they can readjust it. And deal with it. Um, and then we also have, you know, the person that's, that's making the, the vent on the back mm-hmm. or wherever this, wherever you're venting from the fire room. Um, one thing we did talk about was uh, the captain, where the, where's the captain's roles? Um, I pretty, I expressed to them my, our, our thoughts of it. Um, the captain shouldn't be in really in the fight. The cap, uh, sorry, the captain shouldn't be running the nozzle. The captain shouldn't be the backup person. The captain shouldn't be the door control person. The captain has their own things to do. They're going to be kind of cruising along with the, with the team, but they're, they're going to be doing that overwatch. Mm-hmm. They're going to be that, doing that, um, um, detached. They're going to be detached, detached, as Jocko would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, really the, like I said, I think we said at the beginning of this year, this is a, this is a new thing for us is to have the captains going in. Yeah. Because, you know, the old kind of, the old regime years ago, captains st- stood in four corners of the building. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've recently added this and, you know, I like a lot of it. I, you know, I'm attributing to actually to Jocko because, you know, I'm listening to him talk about, you know, the fire teams going in and the seals and stuff and, and how, yeah, they don't, they don't lead the charge. They stay somewhere in the stack. But they have enough, so they stand back and they can detach from the situation. They, they step back, mm-hmm. breathe, look around, make a call, and that's what I was expressing. Those guys there, it's like you know, the, the captain should be the one counting. Maybe that, that, you don't have to actually literally count out loud, but the captain's the one that's going to stop that team from going in too early before the fan has a chance to do his work. <laughs> we were cap- talking about your checklist, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like how in my many head, people have yeah. all these checklists? So. Yeah, like in my head, I have a checklist that go that scrolls through my head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, WTF, that's, you know, I look for that, okay, oh, oh the, the, even like, even in training uh, the other day, um, the guys, I, I, re, I, I just did the checklist for them, but they were doing it also, but they forgot to open the, the window, so before they went in, I'm like, whoa, I'm bent. Got a vent, yep. It's new to them, but it was, you know, I'm still running my checklist, so, you know, I, I do the checklist, okay, everybody's in position, uh, oh, that guy, where's that guy's hose, okay, he's checked his hose, I can see it's on, uh, it's on fog. Um, so that's really the captain's job is to is to keep that mm-hmm. kind of overwatch over everybody, and they're going to be running the communications. Yep. And it you know, obviously is a super important job, um, but they can't also they have to be detached because they can't be in the in the face of the nozzle operator. You know, make sure you're you know make sure you're doing this exactly as I want you to do it. Like it's like no, you know your job. We train a lot. Mm-hmm. You know your job. Go in and do it. Yeah. Um, but if they see someone 
really bad or someone forgot something, they'll, they'll fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trust in your ghost. And because you can see things, because you're, you're not down at the eye level. Yeah. You know, so we always talk about the, uh, uh, the intent. So Commander's intent? Absolutely. So all Chief or IC has to say is, all right, we are going to incur your attack. We're going to do this. Put the fire out. That's all we need to hear. So now as an officer, you break that down a bit more. So now if you're on the initial attack team, all right, guys, we're going to... PPA. PPA. That's really all you're saying until you're in there. So you're assessing once you're in there, but you're able to do that. So so you're kind of running that call from the field. I keep going back to football. Why do I do this? I, I don't know. know. I have no idea about football. It's the one sport I, I don't know. Why, yeah. like, why would any like why? Oh, man, because I, self-proclaimed uh, Canadian ever go and use football terms? Because I was watching Varsity Blues the other day. <laughs> oh, man, I love that movie. Here it comes. Yeah. Oh, that would be so good. You guys see it? No. no. Oh my, so good. There's this like big, massive, fat guy, Billy Bob. Right. He's, he's got a pet pig. Oh yeah. And he keeps saying like, I love that dog. And they're like, I think that's a pig, Billy Bob. He's like, yep. Like, oh my, it's a pig. Oh, he loves it. Oh, it's great. I don't know how you guys haven't seen it, man. No. Really? I've never seen it. Farsi okay. Blues. It's got, uh, never, man. James... Van, James Vanderbeek, Dawson Creek fame. I feel like I want to listen to those guys about firefighting. <laughs> what? That's not a good firefighting. It's, it's about football. Like, even the teamwork. It's like they think a dog's a pig or a pig's a dog. <laughs> oh, the guy's super redneck. Um, uh, who else is in there? Who's that guy that died? Fast and Furious. Oh, uh, Paul yeah. Walker. Paul Walker. Yeah, it was one of his first movies. I think. Huh. Anyway. So I was really into that. <laughs> Love that movie. Know nothing about football. So he's yeah, that guy's in there just calling calling players out on the field. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a military guy, but I read a lot of military books and, and get a lot of leadership stuff from that. So yeah. I guess same thing. Possibly, yeah. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. So um, we touched we touched on that portion. What the captain's doing. Um, you know, the backup guy with the with the tick being the uh, the kind of sniper scope. Yeah, we never really talked about that. So, mm. <clears throat> yeah, so once uh, once they make the push, um, once they make the push in, as they get to the doors, they treat every door just like the front door, just like the door they went in. The only difference is the it, now the backup person has to be the door control mm. because um, the door control guy is at the door at the front. Um, but once they find the fire, <clears throat> what we got them to do is, um, what I was getting them to do is, is a, lot of, a lot of people want to push into the room and hit the fire close, but it's like, we have this hose stream that shoots a pretty long way. Yeah. Shoots probably right across the building. <laughs> but for some reason, once we get in the fire, we want it. We want to get like right up close and hit that fire. So what we kind of preach to our guys is, we, if we can, we're gonna stay in that door frame. We're gonna hit it from the door frame because that also provides a level of protection. It says you hit it from the door frame, but if 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 you do it wrong or things things start going south, you can back out of the door frame, maybe even close the door if the door is still on the hinges, mm-hmm. and gives you a second. A second or two to, to fix your mistakes um so the guys what we were getting to do is park themselves in the doorway they're hitting the fire from from there and then uh we were saying well okay now to assist the fan let's let's throw hydraulic ventilation in and to give them a, a wrap of something like an, another wrap of uh, another training cycle or something mm-hmm. so we got them to do the hydraulic ventilation but our thought and you know we've been doing this for quite a while is you know it looks great it, even in even the other day it was you know, it was middle of a sunny day, 
It wasn't really heavy smoke. So the guys could see the window. So they were hitting it fine with just uh, just being able to visual it, uh, see it with the nozzle and the straight stream. But what we do is, you know, when we're doing it at night in a real smoky environment, you can't see that window. And, you know, it's, it's and it's lost in a lot of the fire. Like, if you look at the fire manuals, it's like, it shows this perfect, like, it's just this little fancy drawing of a firefighter spraying a hose and the nozzle and the hose stream's going right to the window. It's perfect. But they're not throwing in a bunch of black smoke and you can't see anything. So what we've done now is we don't have the tick. I don't know if we talked about this before, have we? Well, I didn't think we have it. No, no. So what we did is, uh, you know, we were used to try to run, you try to run the the, the tick, the nozzle operator used to try to run the tick and run the hose. But to make a proper hydraulic ventilation, you have to adjust your mm-hmm. your hose stream to uh, to get that window frame perfect. And even if you didn't, if you had it like a straight, like a smooth bore inch and a half, you would have to still do a, like a circle pattern. Yeah, the way. And doing that while trying to hold a thermal camera isn't going to work. So what we've kind of we've what we've implemented and what we find works really well is the backup operator, he's or the backup person. They've got the thermal camera. They come over the nozzle operator, and they basically punch their arm right over the top. So they're like mm. nuts to butts. Yeah. <laughs> this is the only yeah, time. The only time <laughs> we do nuts to butts. And they and they actually reach over and and put the thermal camera in front of the nozzle operator's face so, and aim it at the mm. window. And then what we tell our guys to do is you look away. So mm. if you're the person holding the thermal camera, you don't look at the thermal camera. You look away from the from where you're looking because if you start doing that, you're making adjustments based on your eyes. You're not making adjustments based on the uh, nozzle mm. operator's eyes. So the nozzle operator can reach up and kind of pull your hand where he wants it, and then he uses that as his gun sight. So that's his gun sight. He looks through there, and then he adjusts just the hose stream. And it, I think it works really yeah, well. Yeah, it works great. Works great. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and the other thing we said, you know, sometimes, you know, Murphy's Law, your, your tick's gonna, gonna shit the bed right when you need it. Yeah. So uh, we, we also say, you know, you can use uh, um, auditory um, clues, which is like you're spraying, hit the wall, hit the wall, hit the wall. You can hear the, you can hear the hose hitting the wall and then all of a sudden it's, it's somewhat silent. Oh, okay, now it's going out the window. So, I mean, it's not ideal because it's a little harder to figure out where exactly you are, but mm-hmm. definitely it works. Yeah. Yep. yeah. The, uh, so I've got a really, really nice video of uh, one of the ventilations we were doing down on the, the, um, the Southern Moor building mm-hmm. and uh, on the little guy down there. And that, I got a really nice one of, uh, you can just see the initial stream come out and then you can see some change of the pattern. And then it's just this plume of white smoke and it just all goes from like the yellow into the white and then just keeps on flowing out yeah. and it's crazy. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get that posted mm-hmm. up. I was gonna do some editing and stuff before we get it out, but it's a really good one to do. Um, yeah, so after we did that guy um, and we did some, uh, some hydraulic ventilation, we then went back down after lunch and we hit yeah, I think, the, yeah, the second building, right? Yeah, because that yeah, kind of wrapped up the upper field, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. 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 yeah, I had a lunch, came back, fire hall, filled some uh, cylinders up and then uh, headed back down. And then, yeah, this is when it got interesting because then we went down to the lower level. Yeah. I mean, it, I shouldn't say it got interesting. It was already interesting. Yeah. got more interesting. And the next level. <laughs> got even more hot. So, so just one thing as well, just one thing. Um, the the way and scott was saying about it earlier the way that training is done and the way that we do we do the training set is that you start with a base skill like here is what i need you to do and you learn to do that one thing and then you add something and then you learn to do two things and now you add something so that that kind of that piece building that lego-ish system um 
that you just kind of you learn the skill and then you put something else on and you learn two skills and then you add something else it works phenomenally well because mm-hmm. is even if you if you if you haven't fully concentrated and you, you're not really all the way there you know you did the first two things and then you learn the third it kind of gives you once you get that one two three momentum you're like okay there's your checklist right yep. instead of saying i need you to do all these things and go do it yeah it's like learn this okay great that's your step one learn this just like the punch block series like, yeah and like, <laughs> a lot of like i mean obviously some of my a lot of the stuff i teaching stuff i do i, I get from jujitsu and yeah jujitsu and completely you know, and, and they they have a very set pattern of doing things and so i mean i learned it from other places too but you know, it's, it is the best way to teach is layering, layer it up. Yeah. Um, and, and what I find is you, you teach somebody the first thing. Okay. Now they're worried about the first thing, but then when you teach them the second thing, they forget about the first thing. They, they don't worry do. about the first thing anymore, no. even though they're doing the first thing, but they're not as concerned about it anymore. Now they're worried about the second thing, mm-hmm. but the first thing is going fine for them. It may, you know, it might not be perfect and I'm not looking for perfection. I'm looking for good enough. The second skill, now it's getting, now they're getting that down and then we add a third skill so really that's mm-hmm. that's how we teach here and that's i mean that's that's that we, we're not we don't have the we don't have the corner on teaching that way but it's that that's a good method of teaching i find yeah it works mm-hmm. it works really well and you could see the progression in the guys too mm-hmm. that we were training guys yeah. and the girls that we were training was it was it was awesome because you could see a lot of these yep. people they'd never done anything like that before um and they weren't used to doing it in that way that we were we were showing them so to see their progression, and again, you're right, you could see it in some of their faces. You know, once they'd done the first thing, they were concentrating on that second thing. And, yeah. Okay, what am I doing now? But there was that, that was that build, so sorry. Um, one thing I didn't mention when we were up in the big burn building doing the uh, ventilation was, because um, pallets burn very clean, like, sorry, fairly clean. The smoke is fairly clean. So <laughs> we, um, we introduced the, uh, a bunch of hay, a bunch of kind of moist, like wet, because I soaked it down a little bit before we before we started, um, some wet hay and um, and smoke powder, which there's a video now on our DTFF Facebook page. Yep, yep, yep. it'll be uh, on the YouTube soon of me well. doing some of the smoke powder. Uh-huh. Um, so you know we put some of that smoke powder in. Did you get it on the Insta? Uh, no, I got it. I got your link. And okay, it'll be on the Insta working. tomorrow as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you know I throw like a cup of that smoke powder in and uh, and touch we touched it off and that added that extra bit of smoke to prove the concept of hydraulic ventilation because when there's not a lot of smoke you don't really see see it do its job but once mm-hmm. you have a smoky environment it really shows that so, mm-hmm. yeah um so then after <clears throat> after lunch we went down and we added um another step into the equation which is always the fun one mm-hmm. which is what ash forcibly entering yes <laughs> <laughs> right we uh which is yeah. where we got some play on the motors as well yeah ab- absolutely so we uh really put it through its paces which which was good we beat the crap out <laughs> yeah it's like we know i mean it it does work in a metal door frame and i mean ours is reinforced it's uh yeah um there was some renovations happening at a city close by to us it was their old courthouse or whatever and we got some some doors there was like a deal like hey if you guys want these doors you got to take them all <laughs> so, nice doors yeah so we, we, grabbed, grabbed, we had 3,000 pounds of door 
I think Jason weighed it when he brought it back. He went over the way scale. It's how much? 3,000 pounds of no, doors? No, I think we had 3,000 pounds worth of doors, or 4,000 pounds <laughs> right. worth of doors come back <laughs> right. that day when we brought all these doors Those back. Because they're cell doors, right? So they're each mm-hmm. few hundred pounds. Plus, we had a bunch of wooden doors that they gave yeah. us. Too. It's like, no. been a lot of doors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we've used them all we've since. We've used all of them, buildings right? so, and, yeah. yeah. So these <clears> things are awesome. They're like super overkill. Um, and then we had one of our fabricators make up uh, um, a frame rig for it. And uh, it's, uh, I'd say, probably a lot more heavy duty than anything that some of like like that new modus tool there the uh, wedge whatever see in real life uh but we're like hey this is what we want to train this is what we're going to put it through and uh it worked like a hot damn so we uh so now we've brought them down to bring in the forcible entry side of it so if you come up to a house that's on fire now this is one extra step that they have to go go through so two-person job um, axe and a halogen get it done uh, there's many ways to do it there's the wedge if it's a one one person job or two can do it with as well but um, yeah I mean watching them go through that cycle again was uh, really good I, th- I think they were kind of stumbling along the way uh, they were forgetting the steps for um, yeah because we followed so that's what I was going to say we uh-huh. again we we, <clears throat> we went to the steps so we, we we taught them the, the steps of the door breach <clears throat> and, and, and it's going to be different for every department. Um, you know, we've kind of hybrided from a few different um, places. Mm-hmm. So we we first we we do the the check. So we check the door for heat. Just so we, we treat it just like it's a regular old door, like we mm-hmm. do on a regular any structure fire. Any door. We check the door for heat. Mm-hmm. You know, bottom to top, mark the heat level. Yeah. Then we try. So so check try before you pry. So we check the door knob. Um, and it's funny because every time I, we do this, someone always brings up the um, the, the old live fire. Because live fire, they always talk about never check the door with your hand like you'd open a doorknob because there could be a booby trap with electrical mm-hmm. on the back side. Um, <clears throat> um, it's fine. I mean, you know, and I don't want to be like, well, you know, it's such a one-off that it would ever happen. But, it, I mean, it, it's really like we try to train for the, for, you know, prob- the probable. The probable is not the... The one offset. I mean, yeah, I mean, check the door a different way, but so we're still checking the door. See if we can open it. Okay, okay, we can't open it. So then we, what we go into, and then we do the, the shock stage. So we mm-hmm. shock the door. So on the on the non hinged side where the locks are, we, we take the um, basically the back part of the, the halogen where the um, ads is, and we, we almost like we're battering ramming the door. So we start, we go top, middle, bottom, check, and then <clears throat> that actually tells us where the where the locks are mm-hmm. and it was good because JP was there JP was there training with us and uh, I, br- I brought up the fact that last year when we had a structure fire <clears throat> I mean JP's fairly new and him and I were on that on that first truck on that fire and we come across a, a locked door and so we go grab the tools and I'm like JP breach the door because he had just learned it he's like oh sweet <laughs> so he goes to breach the door and yeah he, he did all the steps like perfectly he gets a shock in the door <laughs> as soon as he he shocks in the door like just from that alone almost ripped the door open mm-hmm. and he kind of looked at me like ah let's finish her off because uh <laughs> you know i bet if he would have hit it two more times with a shock it probably would have popped that 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 door open but mm-hmm. um we carried on so the next step is we we gap it well sorry we sh- we set it and we gap it so mm-hmm. then that alone is kind of its own little steps because that's when the second person comes in because all that is first person yeah. And then when you start setting it and gapping it, that's when the that's when that second person comes in. And we really express to them the point of you know you 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 put the tool in the ads in and then um, <clears throat> the um, 
the person that's running the running the axe kneels down, doesn't do a baseball swing. Um, we learned that first time when we first started doing forcible entry. Um, Spencer did a, a, a really hard baseball swing, and I was standing there, and he, and he hit me in the ribs. <laughs> he basically almost <laughs> broke, broke my ribs. <laughs> so we learned firsthand. That's why you don't baseball swing. <laughs> so Take him over for the team. <laughs> yeah. Lesson learned, lessons learned in blood aren't soon forgotten. <laughs> there you go. Yep. So, uh, you know, he... You do like uh, what is? It? I guess that's a vertical, a vertical mm-hmm. hit rather than a horizontal hit. Yeah. yeah. And the three the three commands are what are they, Carl? <laughs> <laughs> they are hit, drive, and stop. Right. Mm-hmm. So those are all the three commands. The only commands we're going to hear while we do this preaching. Mm-hmm. Why don't we say okay? <laughs> Why don't we say go? <laughs> go sounds like no. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of that stuff's going to get lost. Keep on. it simple. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be simple and clear, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we also talk to them about um, anytime that you're trying to say something at a fire scene, make it as clear as you can. If you're going to be saying there's no fire, don't just be like, no fire, because in a mask that sounds like, no fire. So you give the, like, you can't see me. Hand see. The big hand signals. Yeah. Doing like the. The wave off of the. Uh, yeah, the. Uh, the uh, baseball, I think. The baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baseball yeah. Wave off. <laughs> uh, this is the sport. Oh, hey. So it's no a, goal. No, no goal. goal hockey. Goal. Hockey. Woo! Exactly. Hockey. So Canadian. it's the old no goal. But yeah, like over exaggerate your hand signals so people can see around you in the shit. Well, that, you're right hey, side for sure. Yeah, there's no fire. Um, anyway, sorry. Go on. So, yeah. So hit, drive, stop. Um, hit is a uh, hit is a uh, every time they say hit, that's when you hit once. Um, yeah. So one hit for, or one hit per hit. Yep. <laughs> was, hit for um, when the this is coming from the person that's running the Halligan and the axe, uh, the person running the axe just listens to the Halligan person, mm-hmm. um, and then they say drive, and drive is you drive, you hit it multiple times until mm-hmm. until this word stop happens so you keep going and it's one thing I wasn't really harping on those guys very much because it's their first time doing it mm-hmm. they weren't they were the axe person was judging yeah like he was thinking they were making they were their making own call on mm-hmm. when to stop so they were you know driving until they thought it was in enough and I, I had taken over the Halligan bar one because what we did first we we just put one because our our door um, it's designed to have multiple like we can make it as hard as we want or we can make it as easy as we want. So we started them off like really easy door, like you know maybe like a very weak deadbolt, mm-hmm. and then uh, <clears throat> and that's what we just trained them on. And then we added during the next layer, we put we made it a little bit harder. And when we got to the little bit harder part, that's when they were like they weren't quite getting part of it. So I actually had taken the tool over and I showed them how you know you just keep going, you drive it in, you drive the forks in. Mm-hmm. So back to the first, the step. So once it's once we set it, we uh, use the ads and we push up on it. So that we that rocks the um, that rocks the ads. Um, Using your shoulder as leverage. Yeah, use your shoulder as leverage. Um, rather than like a pry, like again, fireman will show a pry. That gives you, I think, I forget what the five times you said. Well, I think I think when you roll the uh, ads, it's a five to one advantage. Right. When you pry, it's like a two to one or something. So you you get more advantage when you roll it. When you roll it, that that what that's what gaps that door. So it just gaps it enough, and a lot of times it just it'll gap it enough to pop the door, or it'll gap it enough to. Now you take your modus. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that thing called? The door wedge. Door wedge. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure mm-hmm. I had a fancy name. So that you take your mm-hmm. you take your modus door wedge or any other door wedge, you mm-hmm. wedge it in there because you want to keep what you've taken. Mm-hmm. So you you shove it in, 
and then you uh, readjust and you can either use your forks or you can readjust your ads and pop go for the door pop mm-hmm. so we had them doing that we did we did that a few times and then uh, we layered it again we now we did everything we did previous so we lit the fire inside the little burn building now and Which got way hot. Yeah, and I told them. And I it said, was the worst part of the day. Too, yeah, it was the hottest part of the day. Um, <laughs> that burn, like that little building, gets rocking. So yeah. we had, you know, I went in at one point to go check to make sure we were, you know, the flame was good. I opened the door. I'm like, huh, because we had closed one of the doors and the windows were all closed. So I, oh, I opened the door and I'm like, a fire going? I'm like, oh no, no, just ventilation limited. So I opened it and I watched the fire build. <laughs> very quickly while I was in there I'm like oh it's pretty and the next thing it's rolled over my head rolled out into the hallway <laughs> so I closed the old steel door back up again and went out and told him okay let's go <laughs> and uh, yeah it got pretty hot it was actually so hot the door was so hot that they could barely even you could barely even touch the door handle it was yeah. so hot mm-hmm. um, yeah and then they did everything like you know they breached the door like I said we made it a little bit harder on them yep. for the second time around they breached the door which you should always do yeah yeah you should train to failure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't train so you win every time. Because it's not proper. That's not Push proper yourself right. into yeah. the uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we we pushed them pretty hard. I mean, we were pushing ourselves hard just from the weather alone. Uh, so we pushed in. They made the push super hot. Like I said, we were melting. We were melting our helmets, putting restacking the fire later, and they did everything. Yeah. Everything yeah. looked good. Um, they definitely didn't want to go in the room because it was so hot. So they they, they use that door frame for protection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a quick deterrent, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Heat is it? Yeah. Flames, oh, flames rolling over your head is yeah. a deterrent. Yeah. 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 Was, and that was basically the day. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's any other. That was a lot of it, actually. Yeah. We, I mean, that was, yeah, that was basically the whole day. But then us, like, so if we and we were saying, you know, like for for guys and girls that don't normally train that way. Um, uh, that was a lot to take in. Now, because of the layering, by the end of the day, they had it. They got it. They understood it. But yeah. if we'd have said that at the beginning, if we'd have sat them down for two hours in a classroom and s- explained everything that we were going to go through and then took them out there for three hours of the day, I doubt that any of that would have well, stayed or settled. Yeah, there would have been the same. It would have been a complete sure. waste. It, yeah, exactly, right? Okay. It's going back to that just get out there and do the thing right Mm -hmm. every classrooms are useful for certain things that classrooms are useful for but when it's a skill that you need to use out there on the ground Mm -hmm. you should be doing it out there on the ground and from talking to them before they came they have done a lot of the classroom a lot of the classroom and that that is what a lot of departments do they've done the classroom stuff and they know the theory of it but then then they don't necessarily have the facility to do the practical and they don't like you know, we have the time to do the practical, and we have the facility to do the practical, mm-hmm. and we have the ability to think outside the box. Like we think about our, we think about outside the box all the time. We don't we don't sit inside that manual in that book. Mm-hmm. We go out. We we try different things, but but because of the training ground, we have that ability to, to try different things because mm-hmm. we can light fires, you know, whenever we want, whenever we want. But we can light fires and you know, hey, let's go try this. Let's go test this out tonight. Mm-hmm. Let's see if this works. Let's go see if that works. Yeah. Yeah, very. We're very yeah, lucky. Absolutely. Very lucky, and it's uh, <clears throat> it, it, you know, when we've got when we've got other departments coming down and training with us, and learning these new skills, we're doing a trade off actually with them. They're they're going to be teaching us some uh, first responder stuff, which is great. That's where we guys, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's a fantastic trade off. Mm-hmm. So they came down, they did a whole bunch of stuff with us. We gave them our time for our burn building and things, and they're going to help us with some 
and they and they want to come back when uh, so right as of right now as of the you know that was the last burn we're probably gonna have until fall <laughs> like December yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way the weather's going <laughs> right now yeah. like because uh, we don't burn in uh, I mean we probably could but we just you know if there's a burning ban going on we don't we're not going to be we like we're the fire department people. we can burn if we want yeah. we don't do that we uh, <laughs> we follow the rules so we mm-hmm. don't uh, light the burn building so the burn building won't light up again which will give us an opportunity to clean it out mm-hmm. um, and, and gives me an opportunity to get in there and shoot it yeah mm-hmm. and so yeah um, but they're they definitely want to come back in the fall and yeah It'll be good because I was showing them some of the other options we can do. Like we have the long hallway that we have off the side. Yeah, for us moving and bumping up. Yeah, I was telling them about the hallway push we can do for longer structures. They're like, oh. But again, that would all just be a layer on top of what we already taught them. Everything yeah. can be added. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we do to our department. We add, we just keep adding those layers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, solid weekend. Um, if any of you are ever around and you'd like to come for a training session with us, Mm-hmm. Then uh, yeah, drop some message. We'll figure it out. Only we'll see where around it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, figure it. We'll yeah. figure Wait, it out. Did you find that question? I did. Yeah, actually. And it was. Was it you uh, that you said uh, the training guy should answer this? Is that? That was a different one. That oh. was a different one, and that was from. Uh, oh right, oh, that was about the playbook thing. I, yeah. I didn't really read that one. So this this is from uh, from a guy called Cody, and uh, he says. Uh, hello from Wyoming. I am a rookie volunteer firefighter and most of my training is in wildland firefighting. I was just watching a video by Matt Hinkle called The Art of Reading Smoke. It's a great video actually, I've seen that one as well. Uh, it mentioned why we in the States use vertical ventilation. I was just wondering if y'all could do a podcast on vertical ventilation versus the ventilation techniques you use in Nova Scotia. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be interesting to hear the pros and cons of each. Um, and to learn why y'all cr- across the border do things differently. So, <laughs> although I, you know, from talking just on the weekend, um, we had heard the East Coasters. They still do. Um, Canadian East Coasters still do they a lot of roof, the roof. roofing. Yeah. Um, West Coasters, maybe I do. No, I, I guess West Coast Americans still take the roof mostly. I don't know. Yeah. Do we have any? That's an interesting thing to know. Um, Pacific Northwest. Yeah, the American listeners. Yeah. I mean, definitely the fan is definitely Canadian. Like that's all pretty much what what I see around here and like in BC and in Alberta when I watch mm-hmm. those guys work. Um, I don't know if we could do a whole podcast on it because I don't know enough about like I don't we don't use vertical ventilation really anymore. Um, like I I can remember the last time we used it, but I it was a long time ago. I think we, we the conversations we've had with it in the past, it's everything is a tool in the box. And there are times that those things could be used in mm-hmm. a situation to calm, suppress, ventilate, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it and use it for, uh, in the situation that it's that it's it's valid in. Mm-hmm. Right? And dependent on what that situation is will depend on what the tactic is used. Are we saying we'll never go on a roof? Mm, probably. <laughs> Well, sorry, just we, because... we go on the roof to, we, we fight chimney fires on the roofs. Mm-hmm. We will, if there's an attic fire, sometimes we'll go up there and, you know, chop a hole. But it's not necessarily preventing, we'll chop a hole to stick a, you know, whether maybe stick a piercing nozzle in. Because, you know, even though it's a piercing nozzle, piercing nozzle takes a lot of work to drive through a roof. So it's easier just to oh, chop yeah. a small hole and stick a piercing nozzle through that hole. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll still go on a roof. Um, mm-hmm. But roof venting isn't our go-to. Um, our go-to is is um, forced forced air, positive pressure ventilation. Mm-hmm. That's our go-to for venting. Yeah. 
Um, and we find because it works for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never seen it go wrong. Yeah, if done right, the worst thing that can happen is you trip over the fan. Like, that's <laughs> if it's done right. Yeah. And of all the videos that you see on the internet, it's people are not following the what the fuck. <laughs> the WGF. They're not following the WGF. Yeah. And right. the, another big key part of that as well, which we did not mention just a second ago, is if we are going to do a positive pressure attack, we do not turn the fan on and face it towards that opening until every one of our guys is out of that building. That's right. Because as soon as you start putting all of that fresh new air into that compressed compartment, you've got you've got things that we don't know what's necessarily one hundred percent. Yeah, right. You can pee, so. you know, you can pause a pressure attack well into the fire attack. You just have to pull everybody out. Yep. Right. Yeah. I mean, turn it on, let it do its thing. Wait. It's way more. Imp- I mean, it's just as important, I guess, that you do that. That wait, because yeah. that's when things go sideways. Let it react, yeah. and then if it goes sideways, um, I've never, I never actually seen the fire react. Like I haven't a lot of the, <clears throat> like there's always oh positive pressure goes wrong videos. Um, I've never seen a fire react from doing that, uh, from adding that positive pressure. Because you know the argument is well if you're if you're doing that and you get that reaction, what about the victims inside? Well. Um, you're probably going to make it better for them no matter what. Mm-hmm. If it goes south, it's probably going to go south anyways. If you're, you know, it, versus let's not go in, let's turn the fan off, let's do a, uh, a push-in to try to find them, there's that potential of it going south in anyways. So if the fire was that, um, like, touchy, I guess, mm-hmm. it was a, you know, if, if it was that, like, hair trigger that was going to go off just by putting a fan on, it's probably going to have a bad reaction no matter what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I don't know. I you know I understand that you know you chop a hole in the roof and yeah the, the everything goes out there. You make a chimney, everything goes out there. Mm-hmm. But just a risk versus a reward. How and, does that even work though? When so in most building construction now, there are multiple floors, and then there's you know an attic space. So if the fire's on the ground floor and you chop a hole in the roof, is there not now two other floors that this well, needs to go through? Yeah, I guess on a second floor that you. I guess, yeah. Um, you know, mainly the stuff around here is single-family home. So, what you do is you, you know, you put your roof ladder up, you chop your hole, and then you um, you take away that. You like you, I think usually we used to push in the, the like it speeds along so that we did it. I think we used to push in the piece we cut. Uh, you can pull it out too, I guess. And then you take your pipe pole and you push in the ceiling, and that's what opens your chimney. Okay. So you, you jam a pipe pole into that, so it pushes through the attic, right? mm-hmm. and then that knocks the chimney. And a lot of times it's already pushed into the attic, so you know you're really venting the attic, and it's pushing. And it, yeah, does it work? Yeah, for sure. You, I mean, you watch the videos, and you can watch the smoke change on those on those ones when they when they do it well. Um, but I just I don't know. I just can't warrant being that's their first tactic is to get on top of a burning roof. Having the fire underneath. Because every time I see a firefighter die, or not every time, most of the time. And when they die in a structure fire, it's because they fall through the roof. Or any, a lot of the near misses of them falling through the roof, getting caught the last second, and hanging there with their feet dangling in the fire mm-hmm. and getting burned. The risk versus reward isn't there, I don't think. It's just, you know, there's other ways to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was one of the big discussions we had, you know. It's like, do you really want to be standing on a roof chopping holes in something when... And I, again, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it's something that we, after calculating 
the portions of risk, risk you can do it another yeah. way. I mean, especially adding the um, transitional attack in, though. You know, you do the transitional attack on the outside, hitting it hard from the yard, getting it fire cool a little bit, and adding the fan. It's like... Two and a half big water, man. What is that? Yeah, big, yeah big water for the window if you, if you need it. Um, you know, it's proven, because it used to... Used to Used to be the thing. Oh, you're gonna push the you're gonna push the fire. Well, fire doesn't get pushed. You know, the steam will get pushed. And could you steam something that's inside? You could. Um, but I like I I'm showing those. This one thing we I showed them yesterday on the uh, yesterday Saturday on the um, on the burn building. Whenever we do that cold start, we show them some penciling techniques. Well, penciling has been taught for years and years and years. And the problem with penciling is they teach it as like it's gonna put the fire out. Well, penciling doesn't do anything to a real fire. Like, penciling a, a fire, it basically buys you a little bit of time to complete your search or to find a safer zone because it's starting to roll on you. Um, so, what I was showing them, I was showing them some penciling techniques, and I actually put the fog nozzle on and hit the thermal air to show them what happens when you hit that thing without a vent, and, you know, I kick some steam onto us, like, safely, and we got, we got steamed a little bit, and I said, yeah, so you don't want to do that. And then what I what we do for every time we did uh, actually just last Thursday for our rookies too. Um, I sent one of the I sent one of the safety guys out and they opened the rear doors to the burn building. And as soon as they opened the rear doors, it was actually pretty awesome. The other night we had it rolling really good overheads. We opened the rear doors, so the fire is looking for the, the easy way. We opened those rear doors, and it was like you could see it. The fire like shifted. It was like it was like a it was like a comb over. <laughs> you know, like the rollover to the rollover. <laughs> Like uh, like Donald Trump when he comes out of his airplane, <laughs> just the hair goes poop and the fire just went the other way. <laughs> and so it's like you know, it just it, the fire instantly started pushing out that back uh, vent, and that was without even adding a fan. That was just the fire's just looking for the easy way out, right? Mm-hmm. Fire's lazy, so it's going out that easy way. And then I added the so then I just put it on. I I said this is how you actually put a real big fire, and when you know you have a vent, put put it on um, straight stream, and you do that. What did uh, you call it? No, you call it the helicopter. The helicopter. helicopter. <laughs> I think you had a dick on it. <laughs> Anyways, use, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, use the helicopter or or the horseshoe if or you, you know what? Check do the helicopter dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, remember Justin Timberlake and it's the uh, dick in the box yeah. thing, isn't it? Man, I have no idea. You watch the weirdest stuff. He did. He did. So, anyways, we <laughs> we add that we add that and that and that, and that straight stream becomes that basically like a fan and it pushes all that out. And I de- I did it both night both days and immediately I said everybody stand up now, get everybody reach up yeah. where the thermal area just was like literally thirty seconds ago where you couldn't even stand. Put your hand up in that and everyone's like, oh, tentatively put their hand. It's super cool, like it's cool right down. It shows mm-hmm. it shows the power of that water and that vent. And so that's so if you add water. During a transitional attack, combined with a fan, so it's gonna cool. It's it has a positive effect. You know, it's mm-hmm. gonna have a positive effect for everybody inside, yeah. including us and including any victims. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the other, just briefly, the other conversation we had as well is obviously, as soon as you open a vent, the fire is gonna go towards it. So if you're opening a front door, it's now bugging its way to you. So if you are now in the way of that, that's it's still coming at you. And yeah. now you, you've just changed the path of that fire, which is it's why like the that, vent yeah. on the other end is the important part. Yeah, and and when you're pushing that air towards it, it then directs that out the vent. So it's not coming back at you. Yeah. So if you've got people and you've got victims that are potentially in compartments that are closer to that doorway, mm-hmm. you've now just, again, bought everyone more time because mm-hmm. there's this wall of air which you are following in behind 
like Captain America's shield, mm. right? It's that mm. air blast behind you, that you're behind as it goes in, this pushing that fire out the back vent, saving the structure, doing less damage to the back end, as well as kind of getting that heat away from you at the same mm. time. So yeah. that's why we've been using it. That's why uh, it's been working for us. You know, and one thing when you do it well, it on the exterior of the building, it makes it look worse. Because what happens is if you're doing it well, it, well, like we, uh, I don't know, did you have that video of oh, that? Oh, I got mm-hmm. a good one. Of the flame shooting out of the yeah. burn building? Yeah. But in the inside, we're, on the inside, I could see conditions improving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I'm in there. When when you're filming that from the yeah, outside. Yeah, the one the guy put up you there. You post it up on the yeah. Insta. I've got yeah. one where the, yeah, look, the yeah. flames are just bellowing. Yeah. So I'm actually yeah. inside when that's going on. Yeah. And to me, the conditions are improving. To you guys outside, it probably uh, you can see what it looks like. like it, it looks like it looks like. Oh my god! <laughs> I think we kill everybody in there. But, uh, but uh, you know, I know the conditions have improved because I'm in there with it, and I can see. Yeah. But I think that's one thing that people get worried about because it, it looks like a flamethrower shooting out of the window. It really does. And um, you know, we have to worry about exposure. So you need an exposure line to you know if there's houses nearby or you know the eaves and the soffits. Make sure it's not extending into the mm-hmm. roof line. But but definitely don't spray water back into the into the structure. Never. Don't don't panic and start spraying water because now you're just it's like dueling banjos, <laughs> you're dueling, <laughs> dueling fires from hose streams, and doesn't work that well. <laughs> um, so, you know, you just you just gotta practice it. You just gotta do it and trust yeah. it. Trust that positive pressure attack works. Um, yeah. But it's also a cultural shift, and you know it's it's what what they do, and maybe it works really well. And you know I don't doubt it. I mean, we did it for years and years here, and I guess it worked. But again, the conversation comes down to this, and the one thing that we always say is, what we talk about works for us. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily going to work for everyone, and the reasons that we have for doing things, just like the reasons you have for doing things, are never going to always align, and that's okay. Because just because we're doing one thing one way and you're doing it another, doesn't mean that both of them don't work. It means that both of them work in certain situations and that everybody can use them if they need to. Yeah. But not one tactic is the defined tactic to make things go. Mm-hmm. Right? If you don't like it, start your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Anti-DTIF DTIF podcast. <laughs> Roof Ventures are anonymous or something. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, no, they wouldn't be anonymous. No. <laughs> the, like, Roof we Ventures... We hate you all. <laughs> we were going to do that... Uh, I'm a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. Right. We should do that. There, actually, I was just uh, there, I was trying to find it while you guys were talking earlier when we were talking about um, the nuts to butts thing, the mm. movement, the hose movement. Mm. And uh, Aaron Fields had something. It was called uh, it's like Metallica versus Marvin Gaye, or this is I forget. I was trying to find it. I couldn't find it. Amazingly enough, there's a lot of videos called Metallica versus Marvin Gaye. Um, but it has like they're playing Metallica, so it's like with the people trying to advance the hose all together, and it looks funny because it. And then they have Marvin Gaye, which is more like smooth. So you use these smooth methods of getting your hose advanced. It's, it's funny. That's <laughs> Wicked. Okay. Any more for any more, gents? Oh, one thing we should mention: uh, some people, some astute people saw in our smoke video is the. Oh, is the new yes uh, the DTFF shirts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we got some we got some pretty sweet shirts actually. We yeah. we did them for ourselves initially, uh, just to kind of test quality, get some samples through, figure out you know stuff. We we had ideas of selling them, and you know as soon as we posted out the smoke video recently, we had a few comments there where people were like, hey, I want to get my hands mm-hmm. on one of those. So uh, we will be getting back to you on that pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. we'll put something up um, on how you can get them as soon as we figure out exactly the easiest way of doing that and getting them out there 
um, without ordering 500 shirts and only three people buying them. <laughs> yeah. Even though, you know, we got a few guys that'll definitely take them. But <laughs> we, yeah. uh, we want to make sure that if, if we're going to do this, you know, for, for people that want them, we're absolutely open to doing Well, and we have some other designs in mind, too, that we, we would do. like to try. Yeah. That maybe don't, aren't even podcast. Like, they're not, they're not necessarily going to say podcast on them. They're going to, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, our, our I think our our brand is going to be DTFF yeah if I'm not mistaken yeah for merchandise we're going to have DTFF is the brand and uh, the, the logo that Scott had on the shirt on the videos is basically going to be kind of one of our main headers um, and then we've got a couple of other designs that we're working with as well for, yeah. for that DTFF brand so it won't necessarily have the Volunteer Firefighter podcast on it uh, there will be options for that mm-hmm. but some this, of them will this just one does. this current one yeah. does yeah, on the back of the Volunteer yeah Oh, I think I might actually. I've taken a picture a little while ago of it. Well, I've got I've got an actual shirt thing from one of our samples, so I'll post yeah. the front and the back. And let's do that. See. Yeah, let's let's share the one that we have because that's ready to rock. Yeah, and that's that's so our so is the our branded. The hoodie's ready to go. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, we, we just, just need some. Uh, yeah, we we'll just need to make some more. And... Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll maybe we'll do that. And the then, hoodies uh, are gonna sell right now. It's from... Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> that was the wrong wrong time of year for purchase. Of that. Um, Let's buy some parkas. DTFF <laughs> parkas. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll get those up for you to take a peek at, and you can have a look. And if you're interested, maybe just like um, the thing. Just give us a general idea if you're into it, and uh, mm-hmm. then we know kind of right about the kind of things we need to the order price wise. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. We don't really know yet, but obviously yeah. the more we order, the the less the cost is. So we want to keep it uh, cost effective for you guys. Fact. Um, yeah. It's a speedos. There you go. Right. There yeah. you go. What do they call them in Australia? Budgie. Speedos. No, they call them budgie. Uh, budgie. Budgie holders. Budgie holders. Do you look like a budgie in there? I think it's like a budgie holder or something. <laughs> Are you watching hammock? that? Are you watching that Bondi rescue? Man hammock. No, no, it's a banana, no. Oh. Yeah, banana hammock, but it's like it's funny because it's like budgie. Maybe I'm well, Marshall Bass probably knows. Marshall, knows. it's like budgie something. It's something budgie holder or your budgie container. I mean, watching that Bondi Rescue about the Bondi Beach lifeguards, <laughs> and they always say that. It's just, that show's that show's awesome, by the way. I've, I've never watched it. I've never watched it. Oh. Um, yeah. Mm. yeah. There you go. Maybe we'll do some budgie holders. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And on that note... That's what happens when no one else is here. It's just us. Going rogue part two. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been going rogue for like an hour and 16 minutes, man. This is like the longest one we've ever done. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah? Jeez. Huh. We didn't we had anything like that. No, that's what we do. Um, Ash? Welcome to the shit show. <laughs> <laughs> is that the name of this episode? I might almost be. Scott? That's... I. Can't you can't be that. that. <laughs> you can't be that. Um, yeah, thanks everyone for listening, guys. Yeah. Good night. Stay safe.